Hello, you're listening to the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Monday, June the 7th of 2021. This is where I take an average of 7 minutes and 38 seconds every day to talk into a microphone and try to say something coherently and not embarrass myself. You can find more about this at dailypodcastpractice.com. That's the website that I pay lots of money to maintain. So please go visit it. Enjoy it. I'm your host, the practicing podcaster, Rich Grimshaw. Today, today, today is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Oh, yummy. Now here, here's a question for you. Chocolate, I think we agree, is a flavor. But is vanilla a flavor? That is, do you consider vanilla to be a, a flavored ice cream? I know I sure do, but I know some people who don't think of it that way. They think that chocolate and vanilla are just different. Uh, chocolate is a flavor and vanilla is just plain something. But no, vanilla is a flavor. That's my opinion. What's yours? So yesterday we talked about D-Day and I noted that the release that I was reading or listening to was from 3.30 a.m. wartime. I've come to find out that wartime is another name for daylight savings time. That was the time that was that put in place during World War II. Let's read from defense.gov. Did you know the tradition of springing forward one hour was once nicknamed wartime? No, I didn't. The idea of daylight saving time originated in New Zealand in the 1800s, although it wasn't implemented there until 1927. In America, daylight saving time first became official on March 19th of 1918 when the Standard Time Act was signed into law. It allowed for additional daylight hours to be added into the day to help save energy costs during World War I, and the law also established the five time zones that we now know. The part of that law pertaining to daylight saving time was only in effect for about a year and a half, though, before it was repealed when the war ended, despite President Woodrow Wilson vetoing the repeal. It wasn't until World War II began that this issue came up again. In February of 1942, Congress implemented a law instating a national daylight saving time to help conserve fuel and, quote, promote national security and defense, unquote which is why it was nicknamed wartime. The time zones were even known as that Eastern wartime, Pacific wartime, etc. But when the war ended in 1945, the law was once again repealed, so individual states could establish their own standard time. Boy, this daylight saving time thing goes back a long time, <laughs> and we're still kicking it around. Yeah, one day, one of these days we'll get it right. I have for you some local news. Not not hyper local, but eh, lo local enough. Uh, it's not Atlanta local, but it's Dahlonega local. You will recall from past episodes that I live in Forsyth County, which is north of Atlanta, and Dawson County is north of north of Forsyth County. That's where the moonshiners come from. If we go one more county to the north, that's Lumpkin County. And Lumpkin County is generally considered as the first, as the site of the first gold rush in America. It predates the California gold rush. There's a claim that there's, um, 
a county in western Georgia that predates that. I'm not up on the particulars, but it's not really not really solid. So Dahlonega is pretty much recognized as the first gold rush county, and uh, a U.S. mint was established there in the 1800s, and that mint later became North Georgia College. Then it became North Georgia College and State University, and then it was the University of North Georgia. When I enrolled in 2006, it was North Georgia College and State University, but when I graduated in 2013 with my degree in music, it was the University of North Georgia, UNG, and that's what my diploma says. All right, so that all sets the stage. There's this quaint little town in Lumpkin County called Dahlonega, and that's the home of the college, also the home of the Holly Theater, where Jan and I are very active in theatrical productions. It's also the home of Woody's Barber Shop, and this is where the controversy arises. This is from the Dahlonega Nugget, Nugget, of course, meaning a gold nugget, and it was posted Tuesday, June 1, 2021. The shop window at Woody's Barbershop went dark last Thursday morning. The downtown gathering spot, which is often bustling in the early hours, had no lines and no customers. Instead, loyal patrons were met with a large poster board, which was placed in a barber's chair facing the window, signed by owner Kathy Garner. Quote, The city of Dahlonega left a message that they are turning off my water today. I have paid every water bill, exclamation point, unquote. The four-foot-tall poster board listed the contributions of Woody's to the community over the years, which ranged from haircuts for cancer patients to providing power for the city during Christmas. And Dahlonega pulls out all the stops at Christmas time. They decorate the heck out of it, and it's a very picturesque place. And in fact, Hallmark Christmas movies has been a videotape there on the square. So the message continues, quote, So after 95 years of service, this is what they did to me. We need your voice, please. Well, that voice was found on Facebook as a picture of the sign was posted in multiple places and an online outcry followed as users deemed the city's actions anything from unacceptable to disappointing to disgusting. Rumors then began to circulate that the city had actually shut down the barbershop. <gasps> Say it isn't so. But on Monday, city manager Bill Schmid said, nah, it ain't true. Quote, suffice it to say, social media is not always correct. No action has been taken by the city. He didn't say it in that accent, but I, I'm, this is creative. Come on, give me a break. He added that the warning was part of the city's procedure for dealing with customers who have unpaid bills. He said, quote, unless there is an emergency situation requiring immediate action, termination of water service only occurs when an unpaid utility account bill has been accumulating for a few months. In this case, the dispute seems to be about a downtown mandatory minimum monthly garbage rate set by the council at $40. That rate was unanimously approved by the city council at an August 2020 meeting. It officially went into effect in October. 
The owner, Garner, said she has refused to pay for the garbage fee because her business only produces a small amount of trash, which she disposes of herself. She opted to write, quote, I recycle, unquote, on the bill instead of paying that fee. It's a matter of principle, she said. You're hitting us up for trash during a pandemic? Schmid said that regardless, the bill must be paid. <laughs> Quote, service payments for water, sewer, garbage, and stormwater on the combined utility bill are required to be paid in full. And if they aren't, eventually the city has the authority to turn off the water to the downtown establishment. Quote, the situation is no different at this establishment than it is for neighboring businesses on either side and in the rest of the downtown area, unquote, said Schmidt. On Tuesday morning, Ms. Garner went to City Hall and paid the bill, but she weren't happy about it. She said, quote, it's not right. It's a sad day in Dahlonega. I don't tell Mayor Sam Norton where to buy his produce. I don't think he should tell me what to do with my trash. <laughs> she said she will reopen for business on Thursday. Calls to Norton were not returned by press time. Meanwhile, locals just want to see Woody's back in business, said Lumpkin County resident Rebecca Jackson. It's just sad. She took her child to Woody's for one of his first haircuts. It's the smallest shop on the square and might be the oldest running business. We took our pictures there on Halloween when we dressed like the Andy Griffith Show because Delonica reminds us of Mayberry and Woody's reminds us of Floyd's. Customer Thomas Odom walked up to the closed barbershop on Tuesday and was disappointed to find out he'd have to wait for his haircut. <laughs> and he bristled at the idea of a mandatory fee. He said, quote, if you're going to get elected based on being a small business supporting conservative-minded individual and then force someone to make a choice that they don't want to make, then practice what you pe preach. <laughs> Peach. Are you saying it to get elected or are you saying it because you're actually stinking believing it? Question mark, unquote. <laughs> Upon hearing this, the owner, Garner, gave Odom a big hug of appreciation, and she said she hopes her fellow downtown business owners will follow her lead. She said, quote, it's time to speak up, people. I'm the first domino. There you have it. Controversy in downtown Dahlonega. Oh, say it isn't so. Here's the way I look at it. It's an unfair ordinance to charge everyone $40. I'm sure the math works out really, really well. But this is a very small business, much smaller than lots of the other businesses. And it seems to me there ought to be an exception for this. Now, if Ms. Garner objects to this, she's got to pay the bill. You'd have, you, you just have to pay the bill, okay? But then go to the council and try to get some kind of exception passed. <laughs> just because you disagree with it doesn't give you the right or the authority to just not pay it because because they have all the guns okay <laughs> and they have the valve to your water supply and if they want to shut you off they can i'll watch and report but that's all for today i'm rich grimshaw and you are invited to join me again tomorrow thanks for listening mm -hmm.